Welcome back to the Trading Table Podcast. I'm your host, Kenny King Jr., and I have a special, special, special guest for you guys, the host of the Raider Cody Podcast, my day one, Mr. Raider Cody himself, the voice of the Raider Nation. How are you doing, brother? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. It feels, uh, this is official right here, man. This is official. Uh, I appreciate you having me in uh, in a reversed role podcast this is uh this is fun it's like throwing it back to the good old days man this is like you know i was looking at twitter and we did we started this in november of 2018 and we've almost yeah. been doing this for two years now uh, i've been rocking with you i was looking i was looking at some stuff and man we've been we've been rocking together since before your daughter was born that's that's how far we go back yeah my my girl's but she's a big girl now man she's uh in preschool it's crazy crazy how that crazy. works crazy but now man i wanted to bring you on um you know with my pod we we kind of talk about everything from you know raiders football to football around the league to pop culture to social issues everything like that you know kind of want to get into everything um but you know first and foremost i wanted to thank you for you know starting your platform because it gave me a shot to you know get my voice out there i started out for those that don't know as basically uh the intro to the Raider Cody podcast. You could hear my name on the first couple of episodes um, and then transitioned into a uh, a segment role with Real Talk with Kenny King. Um, we broke down some crazy stuff back then and then, you know, uh, <laughs> transitioned into a, a co-host spot. And I mean, to, to see where we started to where we're at, I mean, it's, it's nuts, man. But uh, what prompted you to get started in doing a, a podcast? I have no idea. It's weird. Uh, I've had that question asked a lot, and I still can't even like find an answer. Just some random person suggested it, and I'd never even listened to a podcast before. So I'd flipped on one writer's podcast for the first for the first time. I think it was the Pillaging Podcast. Flipped it on, listened to it once, and uh, then like three days later, I was on SoundCloud and started dropping episodes and had Darren on, I think the third episode, you were, like I said, you were my intro. Um, then you were on like another episode or two later. Uh, you were a featured guest at first, right? I mean, yeah, maybe episode five or episode six. Um, and I don't really know, man. It, it's just, I guess, finding a, a, a cool outlet to being a Raiders fan, you know, not just, um, you know, sitting at home and, and watching games and everything like that's, that's normal. You know, we, we all do that. And, you know, we all love this team. We're all passionate. Um, just I get kind of like weird on projects like I wanted to build a motorcycle so I built a motorcycle right or anything with my job like if I want to pick something up and do something new I just pick it up and do it and I focus on it and don't want to be bad at it I want to be the best at it um so that's kind of just where the podcast went that's why you know I mean we got pretty serious uh you know bringing in you know co-host at one time uh bringing you on as a segment we've um we were with another group of Raiders podcasts for a while, uh, the Crow's Nest Podcast Network. Um, then we broke away with some, I guess, illegal issues, not really, you know, directly between us, but it translated into connecting with the Raiders Beat, you know, not too long after. And RaidersBeat.com has been amazing. And then connected us to Blue Wire, and now you're here with us. So yeah. it's just kind of crazy. This whole thing just kind of branched out and went nuts. And you're not only my co-host, man, like you're, I mean, you're my traveling co-host. You're not like you're my best friend. It's, it's nuts uh, saying that we can load up 
our equipment, head down to Vegas and do like a live show uh, with Raider Nation, like watching the football game. Two years ago, you would never thought that that was possible. I'm doing it in my truck in the Burger King parking lot almost two years <laughs> ago. So it's like to do what we're doing now, like I'm showing you, a, a, you know, right before we got on here, I'm showing you a picture of this, this new mixer that I got. Uh, going XLR and getting into things I never thought I'd get into. So it's just it's just pure passion. So whatever the love that we have for our football team, I think that's the love that you know we've kind of dumped into our our product now. Talking about this football team. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, we both are very passionate about the Raiders. We're very passionate about our team. Um, you know, and I think that you know what kind of drew me to you and and kind of drew us together was. You know, the, the way that we go about it and the way that we go about our fandom, I think that, you know, of course, there's there's all kinds of fans. Um, you know, I'm not knocking how anybody fans, but, you know, the way that we do it is, you know, we, we try to be respectful of the players. We try to be respectful of the team. Um, oh, you, you mean know. that we, in quotes, we suck the players' dicks? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I actually <laughs> bought new knee pads. I bought new knee pads just for this season, um, you know, because of that. But, no, oh, I mean, you man. know. We, you know, we, we go about things a little bit differently and, you know, some people like it, some people don't, but I think that, you know, what we've found is we've found a, a good niche on, on how we can communicate with, with the fan base, with our followers, with the people that listen to the podcast that watch our videos uh, and, and people that are new to Raider Nation or people that are new to podcasts. Uh, we make yeah. it, in, we try to make it an inviting uh, situation for them. Yeah, absolutely. And it's weird how we connected at first. It just like we we connected for a while, we messaged, and then the first thing whenever we got on the phone, we talked for like thirty seconds, and you're kind of like caught off guard, and you're like, Dude, Dude, I, thought I thought you, I, <laughs> I thought you were black. I thought you were. I because look to all my listeners, all you guys that don't know, I mean, because some of you guys don't know Cody, which is like a very two percent percent part of you, but Cody used to dress up. And Cody dressed up with this skull mask and he had dreads and he wore long sleeves and pants and gloves. And so you <laughs> see him on Twitter and you see the the way that he interacts with people and his jokes. I was like, man, there's no way that a white dude could be this funny. And then I <laughs> talked to you and I'm like, this dude is not only white, but he's like from Central California with an accent. <laughs> and I was like, I was my mind was blown but I will tell you this me and Cody started talking because Cody stood me up at his tailgate he said okay that he was... whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay you know what <laughs> I did a little bit I did I'll be honest and it wasn't even yeah I don't know the tailgates weren't back then though the tailgates were like hit or miss so that, I think that tailgate you didn't even miss anything big anyways but then the one time I did invite you you kind of like I mean, you were so late, you might as well have just left me hanging too. But, you know, that's another story for another time. Look here, man. So when we first started this podcast thing, <laughs> when we first started this podcast thing, it was, you know, it was a hobby. Um, you know, we didn't think that we were going to have that many people listening to it. Uh, I would, you know, try to get my family to be quiet for a good 20, 30 minutes so we, I could record a little bit. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> my wife was like, what are you doing? Like, what, what is this? And as it's grown, you know, as it's grown, she's like, oh, this is this is the real deal. Like, you guys are are actually, you know, doing some amazing things. And, you know, we you know, we've been able to like you said, we've been able to travel to Vegas. We've been able to go out there and uh, raise money for the youth in Vegas. Um, yeah. You know, 
you just started from that. You just started a foundation, right? Yeah, we partnered up and that's, what's been cool is we've learned in, in this business. Um, I, I mean, I call it a business, but I, I play it like a hobby. Um, there's other people I've talked to and they're like, Hey, you know, this is a business. I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever. I, you know, I do it for fun. Um, but you know, in this uh, line of work, it, it's a cutthroat world, man. Um, a, a lot of people that you interact with, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, who can get to the top. And if, if they tell you it's not, they're lying. You know, you want right. to be the, the best podcast. You want to be the most listened to. Um, you want to be the one that whenever the, someone throws together a stupid poll on who's the best Raiders podcast, you want your podcast to have the most votes. Um, and if they say otherwise, then they're just flat out lying. Or, you know, I mean, really, they're doing it because they care and they love their product. And with that comes, you know, I mean, bridges get burned. There's there's people that um, don't always hang on. So through the process, uh, there's a few shows that we're really close with, um, and we've learned to kind of try and we're kind of trying to bridge the gap and be like, hey, look, we're not here to necessarily compete. Yeah, we want our shows to do the, the talking for us, but um, it's it's bigger than that. It's bigger than podcasting. It's bigger than football. Um, and we decided to pair up obviously with, uh, Murph from Murph's fan cave. Um, and me and Murph kind of went in, uh, to co-found, uh, the one nation foundation obviously has a lot of potential. Um, there's a few players that I'm talking to behind the scenes working on, um, like merch or collectibles, things like that to, they all 100% go to, um, obviously charities, XOXO Stabler foundation, uh, the Bulletnikov Foundation, of course, still Greater Youth Sports Association, and probably multiple more, depending on how you know we grow and and keep this thing going. It's just the just the start, but that's where we came from. Like obviously, you said like why we clicked because we're on the same level. Uh, we talk to these players like they're humans. Um, I, I tweet thinking that any player, anybody that I'm talking about, could possibly see this and can possibly be affected by it. Um, so th- that of course travels off, you know, the mic outside of things and understanding, Hey, it's bigger than football and let's try and do some great things. So of course, shout out to, to Murph from Murph's fan cave, uh, for kind of making a pretty cool duo, you know, um, we've, we've had a chance to meet some really cool people and he's definitely one of them. Yeah. Murph's really cool. We got to meet him at the, uh, at the saints game and, you know, hop on the mic with him and he's, you know, really good dude. Uh, he puts a lot of great content out there. Um, you know, th- that's the thing is there's a lot of Raiders podcasts out there and there's a lot of people out there doing it. And I think you hit the nail on the head is we, you know, we do this because one, we love the team. We do this because we love the sport. Uh, we do this because, you know, we have a lot to say and we just want to have our voices heard because our wives get tired of hearing us talking about it all the time. <laughs> um, and so there are people out there that actually want to hear it. And so that's what, you know, gives us a platform to do so. Um, and, you know, you've grown, you know, relatively quickly um, in the past couple of years. Your podcast has taken off um, exponentially. What has that been like for you? It's been a learning curve because at first I felt like I could just say whatever I wanted, uh, kind of get away with it. I was just another like disgruntled fan or uh, obnoxious. So I'm still obnoxious. That hasn't really changed. <laughs> but um, it's kind of just been able to take on, I guess you could say like, I don't know, like haters. Like I feel like I have... I can, I feel it's weird. I can sit here and comfortably say like, yeah, I have, I have haters and I don't really get it. Um, and at first it was really weird to take on. There was, Kenny knows, we were just talking about it a couple of days ago. Like there's tweets like where you just like, cause like I said, I mean, we're all human um, right. and, and getting the points and learning things and, and having your 
tweets being read by more people and taken more serious. Um, especially after you start, you know, I started a relationship kind of like a little bit with the car family talking football quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And there's just something about them like Raider nation, the last few years, uh, anything with the cars, they're just, some are sensitive. Uh, I'd say it's of course like, a. It's not it's not the majority of fans that's for sure but um it's kind of like a like a loud minority of fans that are very um opinionated whenever it comes to Derek. So once of course we're being pro car uh it took things like a whole different direction and it was kind of learning how to manage that. Um and it was good for me overall just because you start getting so involved in Twitter and social media and all these different things and it almost like takes up your like happiness in a way, you know what I mean? Like you're almost looking for a satisfaction, um, Mm -hmm. on your Twitter and it gets like, uh, it honestly, and there's a sense where it starts to control your mental health because that's what we have in this day and age, especially now through this quarantine. Yeah. All you have is the internet. Uh, so it feels like that's your only lifeline and you want to, you know, you want to be liked, but then you're going to learn that, Hey, you know what? The same breath is Twitter and it's a cesspool. Um, so learning to, I guess deal with every opinion, um, but it's been good because I think a lot of people still think I'm a just a crazy wild car fan. And yeah, you know I'll throw out some things and kill narratives and uh, just kind of like have my opinion very obnoxiously. But in the same breath, I can take like any opposing comment and not I don't want to say not care, but uh, not like emotionally react to things. Like it's just you know it is what it is. Every fan has their own opinion and. Um, growing the platform. It's just learning that, Hey, you know, we're going to share our stuff. And, uh, if you don't like it and you keep watching, cool. Uh, if you don't like it, you, you know, don't want to watch anymore, like cool. Um, but of course there's been a, a, a wide range of fans that really enjoy it. And I get messages almost every day saying, Hey, yo, keep doing your thing, man. I appreciate the hard work you do for the nation. And that's the kind of stuff that, that keeps things pushing. So I think, uh, what I've learned the most is just how to like battle your own, uh, mental health through social media and having a platform with literally like, I forget what my like last stats were, but like 10 million impressions a month yeah. or something. So it's like, there's that many people that are going to try and budge in their opinion and you got to learn to just accept it. The mute button is a, is a beautiful thing. Um, <laughs> the, undefeated. the, no, the two pieces undefeated, the advanced controls, uh, for advanced what you can see. controls is clutch. <laughs> You know, those, those are, I mean, it's crazy because, you know, I look at, you know, I look at my social media and two years ago when I started, I was at, you know, like 750 followers where, you know, I really could, I, I was the same way. I'd say whatever I want. And I look back at some tweets that I had and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm an idiot. Um, save, but, dude, save. <laughs> you know, just kind of going, going forward and, and, you know, what we've built and what we're working, looking at, um, what do you, what do you anticipate for the future? What do you anticipate for, for the pod, for the YouTube? Like, what do you, what do you see yourself doing? Man, that is so tough. Uh, it's weird. I, I'm really weird. Cause even, even Beth asks me this all the time, my wife, and she's very, um, she like wants to know, like, where are you going to take this thing? Um, cause of course, you know, she wants to be very involved and she's been very involved. And I just kind of keep telling her like, dude, I just take this thing. I don't want to say like one week at a time, but kind of like each week I feel like I have something new, like a little wrinkle I'm just trying to work on or evolve. Like right now, like it's this week I'm switching over to XLR. Like that's my project for this next right. week. Um, from there, I don't know. Um, from there, obviously, I think these watch parties have been pretty cool. 
So, I mean, I love it. It's hard because I don't like traveling because for me, family first. And I, I know you're the same way. It's hard to leave your kids all the time. Um, yeah. But maybe trying to find a way to do more of these watch parties or, you know, you keep growing the channel and it keeps, you know, if it's, you know, rewarding enough and, and you feel like your your time's, you know, worth it uh, to be away from your family, then you, I don't know, maybe we start doing more just like live broadcasts, period, uh, for both of us and uh, just evolve. And I don't know, man, I'm, I'm happy with where we're at now. Uh, I try not to look too far in the future because I think there's a certain gap I call them you know, there, there's planners and then there's dreamers. Um, right. I kind of consider myself a planner and I kind of take things by the season. So I'm focused on this season. And uh, when the season's over, I'll look at the off season and have a game plan ready for the draft. And then we'll be game planning again for the next season. So um, I don't know, man. I just see us uh, doing this thing consistently. And I mean, no matter what, like we've learned, like, whatever we're going to do, we got to make sure we're happy doing it. And I've been telling you this for the last year. I've never been happier podcasting ever. Like we're, we're finding a groove, uh, for the most part, like me and you, like we just, we just click, dude. You know what I mean? Like we kind of, we're, we're able to go with the flow, do our own thing. And it's, uh, it's been super exciting, I guess maybe for the future is to keep like evolving both of us. Like it's been super fun, like watching you like start up and kind of going through, like, you know, it's like walking for the first time. It's like, I'm wa- I'm watching you like learn to like walk. And it's like, now it's like you're on blue wire. Like you're already running. Like it, it's nuts. Um, so it's like cool to be able to see, like, I guess you could say like, I guess our team or whatever, you know what I mean? So I see like you and, uh, even like Murph, uh, our moderators, guys like that, you know, I just want to see, um, all of us love what we're doing and, and keep trying to, you know, put out more content. So that's, I guess my, my future. Yeah, I mean, that that hits the nail on the head. I think that, you know, one of the things that you said is that you're a planner and, and, you know, I look at myself as more of a dreamer. Um, and I think that I get myself in trouble a lot with that because I've got these these crazy dreams that I'm like, this, I'm going to do this and I don't know how I'm going to do it, but <laughs> that's okay, it's going to happen. And, it, it, hey. you know, but the, it, sometimes it works because it's just like with greater youth. Remember, we were, we were talking about it's like, OK, well, what do we need to do? Well, we got to you know, let's hit a thousand. No, let's hit five thousand. No, yeah. let's go for 10,000. Like, and I think that you kind of need that balance. And I think that that's where yeah. we work is because you have, you know, you've got you who kind of stays the path and it's like, okay, this is how we're going to do it. And I'm like, but we need to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then I put, yeah. I put, I dropped that seed <laughs> and it may sound crazy, but it just might work. Yeah. You know, we find that but, happy medium anyways. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's not maybe as extravagant as what you do, but it's not as like conservative as what I would do. So it's. Perfect. It's, it's a happy medium. Now, you know, you talked about getting getting uh, getting into stuff at the end of the season, playing out for the season. But we have a season going right now. And, yeah. you know, the Raiders right now are two and two. Uh, we're 500. We're going into Kansas City this week. Oh. And it's a big game. Right. This is a, a huge game for the Raiders because they have an opportunity to 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 beat the Chiefs. They have an opportunity. You know, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Um you know, this is a October game. This is the first time in the Derek Carr era that the Raiders are playing in, in October, uh, playing before December, before it gets cold. Uh, the stadium's at, I think, 25% capacity. Uh, mm-hmm. So you're not going to have a bunch of obnoxious cousins and, and aunts out there. Um, you're not going to have you know uncles. You're not going to have Jackson <laughs> twerking on the sidelines. Um, <laughs> you know, what, what do you expect to see from the Raiders this weekend going into Arrowhead 
to face the undefeated Kansas City Chiefs. Man, it's hard. It's hard to put like all the weight on this week. I wish we weren't in this situation. That's kind of what sucks. Because yeah, uh, you, you want to always see a winning record. Always. Um, but we saw what we did last year when we were 6-4. and four, And, you know, there's still a lot of football left to play. So I like to see maybe, you know, we have a game this week where hopefully we can just for sure be competitive. Um, and no doubt in my mind, I say this all the time, I've never woken up on a Sunday uh, thinking the Raiders could lose. I always expect to win. Yep. And whenever kickoff starts, I mean, you forget all the analysis whenever kickoff starts. You, you forget the odds. You forget everything. As soon as that ball gets booted in the air, it's game on. Like You literally think it's 50-50, and we're going to see how these, these plays roll out. We're going to see how the pace of the game goes. Um, what's scary with Kansas City is it takes like two plays for them to get back in the game. Like They could suck the entire game. And it could be late in the third or the fourth quarter. And then they have like a turnover and a big touchdown play. And it's like, oh, okay, they took the game over. It, it's, it's wild. Um, so for us, Sunday, I expect us to be extremely um, – conservative and i think the reason that um the last few years Derek hasn't had like huge monster games is because he goes in with that mindset he doesn't want to give the ball away you know he wants to be mm-hmm. careful he wants to um control the pace this year um might change it a little bit if we get henry ruggs back yeah i'm going to be interested to see if if, if this team is a, is a playoff team and in a super bowl contending team then we got to be able to fight fire with a little bit of fire so um sunday i expect us to go in there and hopefully establish the run but don't be afraid if we try and uh you know come up with some game breaking plays ourselves and hopefully uh paul gunther hopefully paul gunther uh has used all of his bad play calls on defense to save all of his good ones for this week because that's the only way i can you know find some hope in our defense and we'll we'll i don't know we'll just have to see what happens man it's crazy yeah, I think one of the things on defense that uh, that stands out is obviously Maurice Hurst, who's having a monster year, is going to be out this week with COVID-19. Um, you know, Gunther and Gruden alluded to the fact that Malik Collins may play. Um, you know, he's a guy that's been kind of – he was hyped up a lot in the preseason – or not in the yeah. preseason, but in the offseason. He was hyped up a lot. Uh, they made him a captain. Um, you know, he was a Marinelli guy, and we haven't seen a lot from him. Um, I think that he's a guy that a lot of – a lot of fans, including myself, want to see more from. Uh, I think that he may be a key, if he plays, may be a key to, you know, that defensive front. Yeah, I still hope, I mean, it sucks with Mo Hurst being out because he was really the bright spot on our defensive line, but um, now it's just a matter of, like, Max Crosby needs to buckle down. Like, he needs to step up. He's been, you know, he had the game with two sacks or whatever it was, um, but he's also had, what, it was, I mean, two offsides, right, in the last two weeks? Yeah, two costly so, offsides. Yeah, one was third down, I believe. Both of them were then, third down. No, well, the one was fourth down. It was That's automatic. Right, was gonna, on a punt. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, man. And, like, no knock to him. Like, mistakes happen. The whole team is making mistakes. Like, when it comes to even ball security, like, you can point to all of our stars. Yep. It's like, you know, I mean, Derek's had strip sacks. You know, uh, Darren Waller with a costly fumble. Josh Jacobs had a big fumble one game. Like it's just been all of our stars need to all be able to buckle down and, and uh, just be able to ready, just be ready to handle business, man. Like we're going into a place that's been, uh, everybody's watching us. If you see the map, 
do you look at those broadcast maps to see like the CBS yeah. coverage? Dude, we're on like 75% of the country. So not even just that. It's just, I mean, something that everybody knows uh, that we've struggled in Arrowhead. So here's our chance with 25% or 20, 25% fans, whatever it is, uh, to go in there and, you know, maybe have an easy way of turning the tide. Uh, it's going to be a lot easier to do it this weekend than it is going to be next year when they're full again. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, I guess like we both said, getting that monkey off their back, you know, Derek Carr exercising his demons and, and Arrowhead uh, and, and getting that monkey off his back is, is going to be huge. I think that, that that could be an opportunity to really – change the face and the 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 cor- turn the corner of the franchise um looking at this game obviously it's going to be hopefully a competitive game uh no injuries um you know you never wish injuries on anybody except for tyree mm-hmm. kill but that's you know <laughs> different that story. is what yeah. it is um but you know i was watching good morning football and i saw nate burleson talking about this and he said that the raiders could go in there and the way that they're going to win this game is by controlling the ground and controlling the controlling the time of possession. And, you know, we, we need to see a big game from Josh Jacobs. I know that the past couple of weeks, you know, he's been banged up. He's he's had some issues, um, but it looks to be that Trent Brown could be coming back this week. Um, if Trent comes back, what does that do to the offensive line? I mean, it almost puts us right where we need to be. I mean, missing Richie's big, but I feel like Denzel Good is – pretty good option I'd, I'd rather have Denzel good in there backing up a guard rather than you know Sam Young in there at tackle or Denzel yeah. good at tackle of all things so I, I mean running the ball it was gonna be great like I said we got to be able to establish the run so if we can if we want to control the pace we can uh, but in the same breath like I said I mean we still uh, got to be able to find a way to start picking apart the the defense a little bit spreading out not necessarily saying you know Let's try and fight them with uh, game-breaking plays. Uh, but we got to be able to start picking apart that secondary um, and showing them that we're going to go in there and we're going to throw the ball. We're not going to be conservative. We're going to go in there and we're going we're gonna to do this thing. So um, I think no matter who's at right tackle, I think for the most part I'd say the game plan semi stays the same, uh, except that if Trent Brown's there, we're going to see Josh Jacobs running his way maybe a little bit more often. Yeah, I mean, and let's not forget, Colton Miller's having a hell of a year this year. I think Col- you know, Colton's Colton's quietly out there, just dominating out there. I, I think he's a top ten tackle in the league. I, I could I can say probably by the end of the year, let him keep developing. Um, he's he's given up, you know, maybe like not even a like a, I'd say a dozen pressures. I haven't looked at the uh, the numbers this week, but um, going into it, he's playing phenomenally. And hats off to him, man, playing through all those injuries and. Just seeing workout videos, like I'm seeing pictures of this guy everywhere. Anytime I see an offensive lineman working with someone else, like I can guarantee you like Colt Miller was there. And he's just like, we saw it on Hard Knocks. He's going yeah. through um, meetings, just like chugging protein shakes, like putting on weight. And he's like not just putting on weight, you know, like some other offensive, offensive lineman would do, but he's, he's also getting in shape. Like you, you see him and he's built like he, he, looks like his physique fits him it's not um it's not like a just oh i'm just a big guy no he's trained and he's i mean honestly gotten to the point where i think he's comfortable in his body and that's what's key and that's what i think now max crosby's going through and he's trying to work himself back into a point to where okay i put on like i'm not used to playing 25 pounds heavier whatever he was from the beginning of last season i need to kind of get myself not really in a game shape uh, but just get comfortable playing with this weight and be ready, manage the fatigue, 
Because I see Max, have you noticed Max comes off the field a little bit more often than normal? Yeah. I'm wondering if he is fatiguing a little bit with that weight. Yeah, I mean, I think that you see it with him. You also see it with Farrell. I mean, you know, Farrell put on yeah. a significant amount of weight in this offseason, too. And, you know, for guys that ha- that have, haven't carried that kind of weight, it, it definitely does make a difference. I remember when uh, I was a freshman in college and they moved me from I, – I went from high school where I was, you know, 250 – uh, they wanted me to play nose guard, and I had put on uh, about 40 pounds in the offseason, and it wasn't a lot of good weight, uh, but you feel different. And when I had dropped back down to 270 in my sophomore year, I mean, it was it was night and day. So putting on that weight, no matter if it's muscle mass, no matter if it's you know just weight, uh, it definitely does change your body. And when you don't have an offseason, when you don't have OTAs, when you don't have a preseason to get that get used to your body, yeah. It takes it takes some time. I mean, these guys are still getting into football shape, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, I I agree. Especially the guys, like you said, that are are still developing. Uh, you know, they do all the the training regimens, but it's a lot different whenever you get out there on the football field and you're jogging around 90% of the time. You're getting a lot more cardio than normal, so they could have used that for an extra couple months, but of course they didn't get it. So I don't know. I, I mean, the biggest factor for us is to somehow we got to somehow get pressure on Mahomes, um and i know yeah. this podcast is you know i'd say if it had to focus on one position to be the defensive line so um that's what i mean that's what all the focus is on this week our, our secondary for the most part i don't know i feel like it's weird paul gunther has semi i don't want to say he's figured out patrick mahomes because he still finds ways to kind of like break us apart here and there but we do like weirdly play good against them at times like there's i mean i wouldn't be surprised you come out the first quarter and you're like man we our defense has a shot. Um, then it's just all up to Paul Gunther to be able to, you know, adjust with Andy Reid and not going mm-hmm. with the same game plan the whole game. And and hopefully we can, you know, keep that consistent all four quarters. If Paul Gunther can game plan a full game against the Chiefs like he did the second half of week two last year, the Raiders yeah. defense will be in a good position. You know, but I think that the, the first and foremost, the defense line has to get after it. Um, you know, you, you've got to see guys that are they're getting to Mahomes and actually taking him down. You know, Arden Key has to step up. He has to wrap up. He has to take him down. You have to have Cleveland Farrell get in there and, and make some tackles. You have to have Max Crosby. You know, the defensive line has to come strong. You know, we've got the linebackers back. You've got Nick Wachowski back. You've got Corey Littleton, who who's really got to step up this week. Um but I think the defensive line has to get after it. They have a, they're off, and this is going to be, this is actually going to be kind of a test because you've got a former Raider on the Kansas City offensive line in Kelechi Assembly. So that should be a guy that, yes, he is a brawler, he's a bruiser, he's a mauler. He's a guy that they should target because John Gruden kind of knows, and, and Tom Cable knows, you know, how he works. So that's who they should be keying after. Yeah, that's a, I forgot all about him, man. That's, Ooh, a little bit of a revenge game. I also saw DeAndre Washington getting elevated from the practice squad. So, ooh, we got a little uh, one-two punch. It, the their running back, uh, what is it, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or whatever? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, yeah. He um has been a little bit of a slump. I, I'm wondering if we're going to see some DeAndre Washington touches, like just to see if he has that little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Um, you know, I, I said this when DeAndre went to the Chiefs. That that's a guy that kind of scares me because we know what he can do. You know, he he was able to to play pretty well when he was with the Raiders. Um, 
you know, he's he's a good runner. Uh, he does have some fumbling issues, uh, but he's a guy that can make some plays if you let him. Um, I think that the Raiders need to, if he does get in, I think the Raiders need to key in on the fact that he has the ability to fumble because defensively, that's what we need is some turnovers. We haven't had a you know great job creating turnovers, and I think that that's what we're going to need to do on defense. One of my favorite things, just a side note, I know we're probably getting pretty close to the end because we've been talking for a long time. Um, Jonathan Abram. One of my, yeah. my favorite things to watch after the play is how he just rips the ball out of the defender's hands, no matter what. Like, he's just, oh, they're just picking it, knocking it out of their hands. He just wants the football. And I think we're going to get to a point to where eventually um, he's going to get those chances during the game, and he's going to be jarring that ball, that ball loose. There's no way. No way. As hard as, that, as hard as that guy hits. And if he always has his eyes on the football, that's my uh, bold prediction, man. Uh, Jonathan Abram creates a uh, forced fumble. You heard it here first on the Training Table podcast. Raider Cody says that Jonathan Abram is going to force a fumble. There we go. Let's go. Man, Cody, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, we are getting close to the end, so we're going to wrap it up pretty soon. But what I want is for you to lay it down for the listeners. What is a bold prediction for this Sunday's game for the Raiders versus Chiefs? Ooh, bold prediction. Okay. Besides, so, besides Jonathan Abram getting a besides getting a, a fumble. I wouldn't say that's a bold prediction because that's just, you know, what I what I see happening in the near future. I'd like to see it happen Sunday. But um, if I had to come up with a bold prediction for Sunday, oh, man, here we go. I'm just going to be uh, – let me get my knee pads out because I'll tell you what. I think Derek <laughs> – I think Derek right now, man, is – like this is it. Like this is bounce back. This is bounce back for him. Um for his career, I would say. Like, this is something that he needs to get over the hump. And I know it's like you expect them to go in there and control the ball because I feel the same. But I also feel like it's going to be one of those things where I've seen Derek check out a run plays, get back in the gun, and start slinging the ball. If we get Henry Ruggs back, the way Aguilar's playing, the way Zay Jones is playing, Darren Waller's still a beast. Get used to running some routes with Josh Jacobs. Um my bold prediction is that uh, Derek puts up uh, three tutties in Kansas City. Let's go. Let's and go. Uh, I think that's what I think that's what carries us over. And uh, yeah, I dude, I I I feel it, dude. Like it's it's weird. Like there's just like this vibe that I'm like, this dude just wants to take no crap this year, uh, and he knows he knows what's going on in Kansas City that. It can't be a rivalry if we don't win some football games. Well, I think this is where we start winning some football games against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think I think we finally have the attitude, and I get it. You know, we might like watch these first four weeks, and the Chiefs are the better football team, mm -hmm. but division rivals always play each other different. You know what I mean? I think this is the time where finally the Raiders have the attitude to be in that conversation where division rivals. I don't care how good you are, we can go out there and we can upset you. So, um, yeah. Three tutties from uh, DC4, and it flips us back around, bro. There you go. Write that down. Three tutties for Derek Carr this Sunday. Raiders are going to top the Chiefs. I would love to see it. I know you'd love to see it. We're going to be talking about that on your post-game show. Yeah. You guys can find Cody uh, at Raider Cody on Twitter, uh, at Raider Cody on Instagram. Check him out on YouTube. He's got a great YouTube channel. Uh, Fire Raider beware. Cody. 
<laughs> buyer beware. Uh, and you check them out on the Raider Cody podcast. Cody, I appreciate you, bro. As always, uh, yeah. it's great to talk to you. I mean, we'll probably talk after this anyways, but I appreciate <laughs> you coming on. Um, anything you want to give to the listeners before you head out? Yeah, man. Keep listening to my dog here, Kenny King Jr., because I tell you what, there, there, there's guys that podcast and they podcast for fun. Um, and you know, they just kind of do it on their spare time. Uh, Kenny's one of those guys that I'm actually kind of proud of him cause I was afraid that he wasn't going to be like this, but he's, he's real, um, tuned in to his attention to detail right now. And he's, he's learning everything, um, as fast as he possibly can. So make sure you're stay subscribed. And I'll tell you from me, if you're listening at this point and you haven't left a rating or a review on Apple. Let me tell you how much that means to us content creators. Um, obviously, he, it's a new growing audience for Kenny, and, and it's hard to get things out there. But the one thing that you can do to give back to the show for free is just taking a few seconds and leaving that five-star rating on your Apple um, podcast app, right? Leave that five-star rating and leave a review. Just anything simple. Um, the engagement is what helps um, shows get found and, uh, Kenny's, you know, obviously putting all the work in and I know this whenever I first started my podcast, it's hard to grow it. So together we can do it. So if you got your ears on this right now, five-star rating and review, that's going to help a big time. Appreciate you brother. Thank you for coming on. And, uh, like I said, check us out on Cody's channel this Sunday after the game. Yeah.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.